Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Uh, Jonathan, we have Halloween t- uh, today, so this is coming out after Halloween. Uh, you're going to be covering everything that we got coming up for uh, November and the streaming services. We're going to try to do that every month, guys. Jonathan's now on top of that. Um, and then we were talking about before this doing like a Christmas special. So um, if anybody's got an idea of like what we should do for Christmas wise, I kind of I want to leave it open to the fans a little bit. What do they want to hear? We've done top. We've done worst five Santas. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. I think we did top five Christmas movies. I'll double check because that seems like an easy one for us to do. But you had a good idea of like, let's do top five Christmas specials on TV. So if anybody's got like a favorite Christmas special on TV they like or something like that, let us know on Twitter, uh, all the socials. We'll try to be better about Facebook. I think I promise that every month. But yeah, that was a, that's a good one. We'll have to figure something out good for that because I really want to do something special this year for Christmas. Really shake it up, you know. Uh, all right, Jonathan, what have you been playing? What have you been watching lately? Um, oh, <laughs> playing wise, I, I turned a new leaf. I haven't been playing anything good on the PC lately, which is sad. Yeah. And I need to spend, I need to get more PC time in my life. Uh, but I downloaded Among Us because Ooh. my niece has been playing it like crazy. Always oh, yeah. trying to tell me about it and, and interact with me while she's playing the game. And it's like, I, I can't see your screen. I don't know what you're doing. So finally I downloaded it and played it. It's a pretty fun game and it's uh, low-key addicting so uh i've been playing among us lately it's That's the most it. popular game in the world right now dude it's just crazy yeah. big um i play it with a group of people that i don't really know very well and so it makes it kind of hard and so i was trying to explain to one of them I'm like i kind of want to play with people that i know so that i kind of tell when they're lying a little bit it's like well, yeah, but if you know they're lying then why would you want to play it and it's like i don't necessarily mean i can read their minds but it would be i think it would be funner to play with people you know in general yeah um, so I need to put together a group for that. And it's like cheap on the PC. It's like five bucks. And then of course on the phones, it's free. Uh, so that's, that's a good one. That's a classic. Do you play it on the PC? Yeah, we all play it on the PC. We've streamed it. Uh, stuff okay. like that. Are the controls better, easier? Yes, it has to be right. Yeah. I would assume so. Yeah. Cause on, on the phone, it used a little, uh, joystick to run around, but yeah. I feel like I just like slam it against walls aimlessly yeah. for a little while until I get to the spot I need. I think it would be hard to hop into vents and stuff like that too. Like when you're the, uh, whatever Imposter. called. Imposter. Thank you. Uh, to yeah. hop in events, so I try to do that real quickly and sneakily. That would yeah. be hard. Uh, yeah, I've been playing. Uh, speaking of mobile, I've been playing Call of Duty Mobile. I'm trying to get into the mobile game a little bit. Try so the, because there's a lot of fans, especially like our listeners out in India. Uh, I was doing the research on that because I'm trying to like make sure that we bring because we have so many listeners in India. I want to make sure we're bringing them what they want to hear. Uh, too, and a lot of them play mobile games. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let me try to embrace this mobile life. And I've been playing Call of Duty Mobile, and uh, I actually have the, I'm kind of cheating, I have the adapter for my controller, so I'm having the Xbox controller on my on my phone, so it's still, you know, kind of cheating. Um, but that's been a lot of fun. I, I can't believe how smooth mobile games play. Uh, it's amazing, like, we're in the future now. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, and it makes sense. We Our technology's gotten so good, and that's kind of where, you know, gaming is going. So I'm glad that it's, you know, being embraced and done well, because mobile games, like, we're used to when we were younger, just kind of clanky. You're playing Tetris or something, but right, yeah, now you know they can handle Call of Duty and yeah, you know, games like that. It's crazy. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Uh, watching wise, guys, I uh, I watched Mandalorian, and John, you haven't had a chance yet, right? I haven't. I I need to. All right, I'm gonna do a low key review for this thing, guys, real quick. Uh, spoiler free, no spoilers on on the Mando. Basically, they they do not miss a step from the season two. So I'm trying to make, think of how to do this spoiler free, right? They do not miss any steps from season two or season one. Um, it It's more of a Western now than ever before. It kind of reminds me even of the old samurai movies that a lot of Westerns are based after. Uh, and uh, 
we just see the continuation. It actually feels like an episode pulled from the middle of season one. So not anything to do with the main story or the main plot. It's actually just kind of its own runoff thing. Uh, and but but in that process, still setting up a really good story for the rest of the season. Um, we're introduced to some new characters. Uh, T- uh, Timothy Oliphant, which is a badass. Are you familiar with Timothy Oliphant? I don't recognize the name. He um okay, he's like Santa Clarita Diet. He's the husband from that. He's the uh, oh yeah okay. He's from Deadwood. Yeah, a lot of people remember that one. Uh, he yeah. plays basically the same character he does in Deadwood. He's like the marshal of the town, and uh, and he has an issue and stuff like that. And it's just it's so fun. Uh, our visuals top notch. He drives or he he has like a speeder as well. But his speeder because they're on Tatooine during this. Uh, his speeder is actually a modified pod racer. Like they took you know how the pod racers have the two engines, mm-hmm. and, and he actually like, took one of the engines and just attached a seat to the side of it, and that's what he's <laughs> driving around on like a motorcycle. And it's just so freaking cool. And uh, following him, really, I hope they go back to him because, you know, he's just a really cool character. Yeah, visuals is perfect in this. Story was really good. I mean, the story was really good. I don't understand how the Mandalorian is our best version of Star Wars that we have, in my opinion. I like it's better than the movies and stuff like that. It's just so freaking good. It's because they're not trying to do a big war. It's just a good story um, is what I'm thinking. But it was really good. I'm giving it, guys, a straight up perfect grade. I know we dog on Daniel all the time for his Death Stranding perfect grade. I'm doing it on this one. I gave it an A+. You guys saw it on the Twitter and the social medias. Just a straight up A+. It was legit perfect. Even there was like one complaint. Because I think for me, if it's a perfect grade, it has to have zero things you change. There was one thing I would change, but the last second they fixed it. So it was like, well, okay, there it is. The perfect grade. <laughs> it's a trip. But yeah. So I have a question then. Because <clears throat> these writers are doing such a good job with The Mandalorian. And now that, you know, Disney owns all the rights to to uh, Mar- or to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Mandalorian, say it comes to a good conclusion and the series is over, what do you think would be a great uh, new character to follow, a new story for them to dive into with the same feel, the same yeah. writers, same everything? Uh, there's there's a lot of pirates in, in Star Wars that are not even talked about. And so if they could follow all the pirates that are out on the Outer Rims, that would be really cool because, I mean, there's there's like the bounty hunters have a whole society to, unto themselves that isn't touched and, and there's just so much out there that's not used it's like it doesn't have to be about jedis jedis are cool we don't need them uh mm-hmm. talk about the pirates the pirates are really neat if you guys watch clone wars about third season in uh they start getting into the pirates and into the bounty hunter society it's really cool so you just go to and and they're definitely i mean we see it from mandalorian they're definitely pulling from clone wars and stuff like that so it'd be really cool nice. yeah. all right all right so we're going into uh, shadowlands we finally have a release date guys November 23rd, that's World of Warcraft Shadowlands. It was delayed. The uh, first pre-patch events, which will be the Scourge Invasion, is going to be on November 10th. And then the raids will open up on December 8th. Uh, this makes it to where this is like a very tight window for them. So that means that the Mythic Race and stuff like that is going to have to like be under 10 days. Because if it's it's going to be really close uh, into Christmas. The main thing is they want to make sure that they can get all the Mythic Race done by Christmas. So that they don't have to have their staff at the offices or, or working during Christmas. Uh, so hopefully it goes quickly. We we do know that Method is basically disbanded. They're, they're trying to rebuild. A lot of the core team from Method, the best rating team, uh, moved over and made a new new system called Echo after the whole uh, sexual abuse scandal broke and, and kind of broke up the team. And it's going to be great. We're, we're excited for that. The main thing that, that they've been working on is polishing, balancing, and in the end game, they had the Maw which was this big, expansive area that we were supposed to be exploring and, and, and it's supposed to be really dangerous. It felt very empty to the beta testers. So they went through and they added some new uh, objectives while we were there, new enemies to fight, uh, kind of gave it a, a soft revamp, which is really good. 
This also means that that on the 23rd, when the Shadowlands comes out, is also when we're going to be starting our charity stream. We're going to call it a marathon, not a 24-hour stream, because I'm getting old. And uh, But we have a lot of people that are going to be participating, hanging out with us. We're going to be raising money for Checkpoint Organization, and they help with mental health and gaming. Uh, so please, guys, on the 23rd, we'll, we're going to do an episode that's like really hyping it up later on. But in general, hang out with us on the 23rd. It starts at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. And uh, raise some money for a good cause, and let's play some Shadowlands together. It sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Jonathan, I know we've talked about you playing Shadowlands. I'm gonna set up you guys. I'm gonna set you up at the tune. Uh, without any information about World of Warcraft, you haven't played since Wrath. What class would you want to play the most? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot. I have no idea. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to look into it because that's a that's a big commitment. Once you get into a character, you don't want to go through and change it. I'm not the kind of person that's going to play every class like you guys yeah. do. Uh, so I don't know. I'd have to do some research. I, I, personally, I think you'd be a good hunter. I think a hunter is right up yeah. there. It's kind of what I and suggest I, for a lot of people, too. I did have a hunter before, and I liked yeah. how it was kind of versatile. So I might might stick with that. On one of my characters, I think it might be actually like Taff the Warrior. I have all your notes. You used to write like a little diary of, of like you and your pet together and stuff like that. Like as a hunter's log. And I really? have it stored somewhere. Yeah, you wrote. It's about six pages long, and it's on yeah. one of my characters. <laughs> I remember writing like a goodbye to WoW when I was quitting. It's part. It's, it's uh, in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have to I find like that and, and bust that out because I mean it's it's you as a teen basically when you wrote that. Yeah. God, I don't man, how old. we're getting so old. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So and then speaking of Blizzard, a couple of veterans are, are now creating a new tabletop uh, gaming company. This is Chris Metzen and Mike uh, Gilmartin. Uh, they so everybody who, who isn't familiar, Gilmartin, he was VP a long time ago. Metzen is the legend, right? He's the one that kind of built Azeroth and built a lot of the StarCraft and Diablo world. Uh, he is the voice of Thrall, which is you know one of the most popular characters in the game. They're going to be working on a new company called Warchief Gaming. Little nod to Thrall, which is you know classic Warchief, and of course his voice. This started out as like a like a D and D group kind of thing. Like they would just do come together and do tabletop gaming. Eventually they like rent it or they, I think they bought the house um, and just made it like their tabletop headquarters. And so like every Friday night, head on over to the medicine house or, or whatever. And every, they were saying like upstairs, they had people playing D and D and then downstairs they were playing this game. And over here they were playing magic, the gathering. And we just have like a huge party. There was, it was a 2000 square foot house and like minimum 20 people playing different games in different rooms. And it just sounds super awesome. They eventually were like, let's just start a company. And they did. And so now they're making their own game. And uh, we'll, we're going to learn more about this. We're going to try it out. We're going to stream it. So that'd be pretty cool. But I just love the idea of like these guys coming together and playing uh, games enough to start a company. Like if you and I had created a you know, Yu-Gi-Oh game <laughs> back in the day, it would be really mm -hmm. cool. So that's pretty neat. Uh, how, when's the last time you played any kind of like card game or board game in this, this field? Probably three years ago when my brother-in-law was with us, we, yeah. you know, I'd play uh, Risk and Settlers of Catan and stuff like that, but it's been a little while. I know. We, uh, definitely, I mean, we're right now in pandemic mode, but as soon as this thing's done, it'll be good to do that. Um, yeah. On the stream, guys, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be setting up the very first D&D &D game that I've ever played for a lot of us. We have a veteran coming in to sh teach us how to play and everything like that. We're all going to stream that, so you guys can watch that and see noobs playing some D&D. &D. Should be fun. All right. Uh, we have some woes for Halo Infinite and Everwild, uh, both World or, uh, Microsoft games. Everwild lost their creative director, Simon Woodroff. Uh, he resigned from Rare. 
We don't really know why he left, but we do know that he put in his uh, like two notice in uh, the beginning of October and just like stopped showing up. So it was a really weird situation. Um, but yeah, so Rare says that Everwild is still uh, in good hands and on course, which is a beautiful game, right? It looks kind of like Sea of Thieves. It's just really a bright, beautiful game. We're really hoping for the best out of that one. Uh, Halo. Uh, John, I'm so tired of hearing Halo delays and problems and stuff like that. It's killing me. But here we have the director, Chris Lee's leaving. He's stepping down from 343 Industries, which is the company that Halo now, or Microsoft puts in charge of Halo. And they're also, they also revealed that there's going to be a microtransaction shop where you can buy skins and stuff like that. Uh, they're called coatings. You can buy them for your weapon, your player, and for your uh, vehicle. Uh, community manager John Jizik, I think his name is, uh, responded saying that all the customizations can be purchased with the in-game uh, currency. So you can actually earn all these things too. But what are your thoughts on this? Like the game actually go switching over to the microtransaction loot box system. I see for that, the the way they explain it at least, I don't have any problem with that because as long as the the items you can buy that you can use cash money to get cannot make you better at the game, yeah, then that's fine. If you have anything in the game that can give you better skills, a better weapon or a jetpack or something like that, it has to be something you must earn in game without, you know, being able to buy it with cash. To me. Yeah. So I think this is just fine. All the stuff that you can buy is just cosmetic. It's, you know, decorative and fun. And, you know, it's like buying skins in League of Legends. It's not really going to change your character's abilities. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, you know, generates more money for them to put more into the game. It makes it to where they don't have to hike up the price of games and they can make money on the back end of it. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't have any problem with that. I think a lot of people uh, dislike the fact that it takes development time. You're delaying a game, and now we're finding out that there's going to be this microtransaction, which means you have developers who could be getting the game out on time, working on new skins and stuff like that. So it kind of feels like you guys should be working harder. I don't know. What do you What do you think about that one? Well, I think if this is <clears throat> that could be debated. If this was something that was tacked on at the end, they decided, hey, we're we're going to be releasing, you know, in, in the summer of 2020. But you know what? Let's change our plan and add on all these different skins as microtransactions and stuff. Oh, you know what? Because of that, we have to wait till December. Yeah. That would be one thing. But if this was part of their original plan, we don't know. Maybe maybe they did just tack it on. Uh, but, and it's just being delayed because their project overall isn't, isn't completed yet, then I don't have a problem with that. Really, with the way the pandemic is and game releases and stuff like that, we were talking before, it's probably best to wait and release this with the new Xbox in May or June, whenever that's supposed yeah. to be coming out. And no, the um, new Xbox so, is coming out in like 10 days. Oh. Yeah. When, oh, oh. when, so that's when what we, we were, were talking about, is... Halo will probably come out in May or June. Yeah. So hold off the Xbox release. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, true. If that's if that's the case, if they could get the game out without all the microtransaction stuff, just get it out now and then add those on later. That'd you be know, nice. it, it might be a little clanky to do that kind of a transition or update or something, yeah. but. Uh, I think I think the fans would much prefer be, uh, being able to play the game without the unnecessary benefit of skins um, early on. And then, yeah, if you want to add them later and microtransactions and all that stuff, that's great. But it's not not necessary for the game. But I wouldn't hold it against them to be delaying it for this because that's part of their their money making scheme. So, well, they are, yeah, they're delaying it overall, right? The project overall. So it's not necessarily it's like, oh, wait, hold on, guys, we want to add skins. But I do yeah. like the way that, that, that you said something, and we need to kind of keep that in mind whenever we're angry at these companies, is the skins and stuff like that were part of the initial plan. 
So in the development process, you guys are feeling like it's being extended. I think it's important to remember that they're not just sitting there like, yeah, I know we could release on, on in November, but I mean, I really want my Warthog to have a blue skin. So they take extra time. It's actually part of the process. Um, when they're adding the native green skin, they're probably adding variants to it. That is important to remember that uh, it, it's part of the overall plan. So it's not like it's it's actually holding it up. There's other reasons it's holding it up. It's a very ambitious project for one thing. And if we talk about Cyberpunk's the same thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just frustrating. This year, video game-wise and, and many other reasons, has been very frustrating for all mm -hmm. of us. So, uh, but speaking of delays, we do have another one for Spy Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, this is going to be delayed 21 more days uh, up to December 10th. And uh, Cyberpunk has gone through many delays this year due to the project being very ambitious. It's a new console generation, so they're actually having a hard time. So the thing is, is not not the new console. They're actually having a hard time making two versions of the game. They're trying. They're having a hard time making sure that it plays on the PS4s and the Xbox Ones. Uh, and then, of course, COVID slows down everything. Everybody's working at home. Uh, this the, what, the unfortunate thing about this really is because CD Projekt Red announced what like two weeks ago. We talked about it on the podcast that they were going to initiate crunch. Them forcing people to work on Saturdays, forcing them to work extra hours. So it's just, it's a shame that you guys couldn't have announced just the delay, make us upset once instead of we're going to work our guys extra. Oh, yeah, that wasn't enough. So we're going to have to delay it anyways. Do you think they should have just delayed this from the, from the get go? Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it depends on how, how you expect the consumer is going to react to it. But if you're, you're going to delay it, people aren't going to be happy with that no matter what. Yeah. But if you say, hey, we're going to delay it because we don't want to enforce crunch and we're taking a step towards our employees' rights and stuff like that, that would have been totally fine. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say December 10th. You, I mean, sure, they want to get a Christmas release. Right. But say we're delaying it till May. It's going to be a, a summer release. And we're doing this because it's the benefit of our employees and their families and we're not going to make them suffer. That would have been just fine. People would have written that out like, you know, it's... It's not a big deal. We'll hold off on the game because these people deserve, you know, to not be overly stressed and pressured and that over stress and pressure can produce a lower quality game. So we want to hold out and get the right, the game when it's completed properly. Uh, but now they, they said, yeah, you know, our employees can suffer a little bit. They'll be okay. And then they say, oh, well, that still wasn't enough. And now we have to delay the game again. So I think, I think that was just a misjudgment and they should have taking the opportunity to say hey we're not going to do crunch because we've heard the people's voice and they don't like that idea and our employees don't like it and that's we'll good PR the, right there if they came out with that stance yeah. yeah they can say we have the opportunity for overtime for anybody that wants it but we're not going to you know force it on anybody kind of thing and then yeah you know we are expecting it won't be done until later you know mid 2021 and if it gets released earlier that's great but at least if you put it out far enough you have a Plenty of a big broad window, and you know most new most games either release right before Christmas or right before the summer to try to catch that that break. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think that would have been their best bet. But man, hopefully this doesn't damage the PR too much. I don't think it's a great look for them, but they're still aiming for a release before Christmas. So we'll see. That was an interesting idea too. They maybe they shouldn't have given a an exact date with December tenth because you're just setting yourself up for failure again if you can't get it out by then. Mm -hmm. so um yeah I, you know it's one of those things where you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't and they could have at least gotten good pr out of it but you had you were exactly right on there they could have taken the stance that like oh we're doing this for our employees like that would have been good all around so yeah that's a good point uh, all right let's move off of video games now we're going into california adventures john and i've been itching for some disneyland like crazy when's the last time you've been uh it's 
been three years actually. I think it was on our on our honeymoon when I got married that uh, we went down to Disneyland. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's been too long, and we actually have tickets, which I probably need to get refunded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> partially paid for it for December third, um, but I don't I don't know if Disneyland will be open uh, very much or if they're honoring the prepaid tickets. So. Uh, I'll have to look into that. I we would might look into, yeah, get the refund and then just get a new tickets when you can. Yeah. I think it's your best bet, really. Um, but yeah, so California Adventures, are you familiar with that side of the park? Or are you mostly sticking with Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's really nice, right? Um, yeah. They're going to be partially reopening. And uh, that because California is pr- under pretty strict rules, which, you know, are, are really helping us out, they have this new color-coded system, all that stuff. Uh, luckily, Anaheim kind of just got into the orange, is what they're calling it. And so they're able to kind of partially open some things. Uh, for California Adventures, they're they're letting people come in for dining and for shopping. Uh, if you've been to California Adventures so much, I mean, the rides are, of course, amazing. Don't get me wrong. I freaking love them. Cars ride so fun. Um, but it's all about the scenery, right? The Cars Land, uh, even Bugs Life, which is currently being torn up, but still in the pier. So it's going to be nice to visit there just to take a look at the sites. And they're going to be partially open. They are going to have uh, forced masks. Everybody has to wear a mask socially distance they're going to be limiting how many people can walk into the park so you have a little bit more um social distance uh and then they've been already doing this with downtown disney which is the section in between california adventures and disneyland uh that's been opened up since july with the same procedures uh do you what do you think they're going to charge for a ticket to walk in if you can't get on a ride that that see that's a big uh factor there too because to go into the park and have full access to the rides yeah you pay 100 bucks or something like that it's it's a pretty penny. It is, yeah. Um, but to go in just to have access to the food vendors and booths where you once again have to pay and you enjoy the ambiance of being able to, you know, sit on the grass next to the Little Mermaid, you know, fountains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it shouldn't be any more than like 25 or 30 bucks per person just to get in and be able to walk around, check the place out. That's hard because it's also very limited. So they're not going to let a herd of people just go in and pack the place and a lower price is going to encourage that. Uh, so you just have to have a headcount and only let a certain amount of people in, uh, and it's going to hinder their their profitability, of course. By you know, if you're charging thirty bucks and not a hundred bucks, uh, but I just think it's it's goodwill to your customers that you don't charge them a hundred dollars to go into a place they can't ride any of the rides. So I think I think I would pay like twenty five or thirty bucks per person would be reasonable. Yeah, I I think that would be a fair price because so much of it is kind of just checking out. Whether I mean, I, I keep using Cars Land, that really is really cool place. <laughs> where you just have yeah. random cars riding around. And another thing to think about is we have a holiday season coming up and mm-hmm. both parks do such a great job during both. They do a good job during Halloween, but really Christmas is just beautiful there. Uh, and so, yeah, in cars lane, for example, Tomator, the, you know, <laughs> the tow truck has a big Christmas hat on while he's driving around and stuff like that. So it is really, really festive. And then the main street, that's like a fifties diner kind of main street has the big Christmas tree up with uh, hubcaps on them and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty cool. So it is going to be exciting to see. I think you're right with the $30 price tag. I think that's where I would go to if I were in the area. It's definitely not worth driving down there. We actually do have family that's driving down there from up here, the Sacramento, San Francisco area. They're driving down there just for this, uh, to be able to shop around. I'm sure there's going to be other people that are on board with that too. Christmas time at Disneyland is great. That's another thing too. Uh, do you think they'll do the same thing for Disneyland? I'm surprised it's not announced with this. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say too. If they didn't announce it now, I don't think they would um because usually um, you'd want to release it as a big package uh so i i don't think so and i think it's probably a little bit harder on the disneyland side of things because 
Disneyland's a little bit more ride based. Yeah. And they're trying to not let anybody on rides because everybody touches the same handles and, and seat belts and stuff like that. Uh, so I think it's a little more open and easier to manage California Adventures is why they're they're just pushing it. And all the modifications you got to make. It's expensive to yeah. make all these changes to, you know, put up barriers and things like that to, to control the spread. So I think they're and when they do them, they're probably going to at some point want to undo them to once everything's able to go back to normal uh, or some kind of normal. Uh, so they probably don't want to have to do so many changes and, and undo them later with Disneyland. So I think yeah. California Adventures on its own would be enough anyways, uh, since you're not able to go on the rides. And it's nice that there's more, you know, non-ride stuff at California Adventures. And, and thinking of Disneyland too, it's, it's, it's an older park, right? Quite a bit older than California Adventures. And it's just everything's a little bit more condensed. It's all a little tighter yeah. in there. So I'm just mm-hmm. thinking like just in that main uh, circle there after you get past Main Street. There's a part with the with a Walt Disney statue. Just getting around that circle is, I mean, you are shoulder to shoulder with everybody all the time. And so yep. it would be hard to like stay six feet apart in that kind of existence. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's just so cool. I, I I hope that everything goes well because I'm excited to have it open again. And I've been really missing Disneyland. And next year, guys, we're going to go down to BlizzCon. And we're talking about a big Disneyland trip as well. We'll have to like record and put that all up on YouTube and all that stuff like that. It'd be a lot of fun. Check that yep. out. All right, uh, Tiny Toons are back. John, you remember classic Tiny Toons? Oh, yeah. They're back. It's actually made by Steven Spielberg, like the Animaniacs, so uh, a lot of his shows are kind of getting that same love of a reboot. Uh, this is going to be called Tiny Toons Luniversity. It's a weird name to say. Luniversity. It's coming to HBO Max and Cartoon Network. They ordered two seasons. Uh, this is going to be done by Aaron Gibson. He does Throwing Shade. Uh, he'll serve as showrunner and co-executive producer, but it's also being produced by Steven Spielberg himself. Uh, really cool to have the show back. Do you remember the premise of the show? No, not really. Yeah, I remember the right. theme song. <laughs> I remember you know some of the different uh, segments or, or skits of it or whatever, but not the overall story. When I was doing research for it, I was like, oh, that's right. They were at a school the whole time. I forgot about that. Like, I forgot that there was, it takes place in the school. And uh, okay. right. Yeah. And some of them are some of the like teachers and stuff like that are like Elma Fudd's daughter. Wait, I don't remember. Yeah. It's all kind of hazy. Oh, no. The teachers mm-hmm. were like Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig and stuff like that. So the older ones were the teachers, I think is what it was. Yeah. I remember the game. I played the, the Game Boy game for this a lot. And I liked that mm-hmm. a lot. Um, But man, it's like, yeah. Oh, I remember Tiny Toons. I just couldn't tell you what it was about. Anything about it. Yeah. So uh that'll be back. It's gonna be really good. Again, uh Tiny Tunes Looniversity. Looniversity is how you say it. There you go. 007 might be landing on a streaming service, but before we go into this, we're actually recording this again on Halloween morning. We just found out about Sean Connery unfortunately passing away. What a legend. I'm gonna go first, but Jonathan, gonna, uh, here's a question for you. What's your favorite Sean Connery role? Uh and there's so many. He's so really good. I really liked him in The Rock. He kind of played like this guy who broke out of the, uh, out of uh, Alcatraz at one point. Comes back. It's it's classic Michael Bay from the '90s when he wasn't like just making garbage. Uh, he was just making really cool '90s action films. And so I'm gonna go with with probably The Rock. But I mean, of course, 007. It kind of goes without saying. And it's hard because there are so many other ones. Of course, he was he was in uh, Indiana Jones three. He was Indy's father. So that was really good too. Uh, but, but it, I remember in The Rock, he was just like, man, that dude is a badass. <laughs> what about you? Do you have any favorites from Sean Connery? Uh, I'd have to say, I know we mentioned it earlier, too. As, um, he's in a ton of movies before my time as well. Yeah. Uh, but Dragonheart, I love, uh, he was the, the voice of the dragon. Yes. 
And you needed uh, his voice too because it was like so distinct that it ac- actually gets it's better than the dragon almost. Like it, it's so distinct that that's why it was so important. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, he's just a phenomenal actor all around. Sad to see him go. Yeah. Uh so, you know, so so much love to uh Sean Connery and his family and the and the entire 007 franchise which lost their founder, you know. Uh but so we have uh, some news that the 007 series might be or the new movie might be coming to streaming service. Variety is reporting that they're shopping around for a new service to take them. MGM wants $600 million to buy this movie. To give that some comparison, it's not as big, but Borat 2 was sold to Amazon for $84 million. So it kind of shows you, you know, what the going rate would be for a new movie. And I think Borat 2 in theaters would have done quite well uh, just because of the buzz that it creates around it. I know I have Dad, for example. He doesn't seem like a person who wants to watch Borat 2, but he wants me to find a way for him to watch Borat 2. Like it's on Amazon Prime. You have my Prime login. Just go for it. Um, but yeah, so there's some people that are like, I have to go see it because of all the news that it created, you know? So anyway, so uh, they want $600 million for this. But uh, Netflix and Apple, they both want to buy it, but they said the price is just simply too high. Apple, they've been doing a really good job of kind of finding, they, they got uh, Tom Hanks's movie, the new one. Um, they're doing a really good job of kind of finding like these single blockbusters. Like the reason you pick them up for one month uh, is what Apple's doing. But they're pretty cheap, doing five bucks a month. And Netflix is increasing prices. What do you think about about 007 moving on over to the streaming service? I think it's a good idea uh, for one of them to pick them up. It's a, a good franchise. Would it come with just the new movie or would they get the 007 franchise with it? I See, that's the thing. is, I think it would be the new movie only. But I mean, uh, I, if I, for $600 million, I better get the entire library. I would assume right? so, right? I mean, <laughs> um, but it's definitely something I would see on, on, on Netflix. Um, but yeah, that's... Whether or not, I mean, I, if it, if I see it on any of our streaming services, I would like to watch it too. The newest yeah. one, um, but yeah, that's six hundred million. I don't know, that's a big ticket. So, yeah, and and, and MGM's it. argument that like six hundred million just helps pay for some of the losses. It doesn't even like cover the entire film, which mm-hmm. seems nuts because six hundred million. I know that movie didn't cost that much to make, but I think they're talking about like projected, you know, with the advertising and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see. I think I want. Of course, it's like. Well, I want it to be on a service that I already own, right? So yeah, go to Netflix. But the way you're talking about like having the library, it would be cool if, say, Netflix gets the rights to this. They release all the free movies as kind of a build-up or ramp-up. Like, hey, every day we're going to release a new 007 movie. And some people have watch parties where they're watching the entire library. And I think it's like 26 movies. Um, and then it leads into the new 007. I think that would be a really yeah. fun way to do that. Like That would be something that would kind of make it a January thing. Like People would be involved. That would be really cool. No, that's I never thought about this, but the way you mentioned that, I was just thinking it'd be kind of uh, kind of cool. Kind of, people probably might might not like it, but uh, if you release something like that where you can't skip ahead and watch the last movie or the fifth movie, oh wow! But you on your Netflix or Hulu account or whatever, you have to watch the first and then the second, and it unlocks the third and then it unlocks the fourth. Wow! So you have to watch them all in order. If it's something so good that actually needs to be watched in order, kind of thing. That'd be that'd be kind of interesting. I would totally I like respect that. that. Yeah, I, like like for example, like if somebody's trying to get into uh, Game of Thrones and they're like, "Well, I'll just watch the seventh season." No, 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 no. You can't do that. You're not allowed to. <laughs> you got to <laughs> yeah, watch from the beginning. You won't like it. You won't understand anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like seventy names at that point uh, in the show. So, but that's a really fun idea. That would that would not go over well, but that would be very fun. I like that idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hopefully, it does find a place pretty soon because I I do love my 007 movies. And again, it's like a pile of movies that are completely done. I was kind of thinking about this. There has to be some executive that has like a little safe in his room, in his office, that has like Black Widow sitting in there, completely done. And 
We're just not seeing it. Doesn't that seem weird that we haven't gotten a leaked version of any of these movies? Yeah, and and they probably put a lot of money and attention into locking it down because a lot of stuff gets leaked out even just mid-production. Yeah. And we end up seeing an, uh, seeing an incomplete version of it. Um, but they know, like, hey, this is millions of dollars that we just are in a bad time to release it, so we need to box it up and put it away. So they, I'm sure they, you know, they had a plan for Mulan and released it, and it went, you know, didn't go great on their end, but it came out okay. Um, but I think they realized that it's so much money, too, too much to risk it getting leaked out. Yeah. And then having a complete flop that, okay, postponing it and making, you know, 20% less won't be as bad as it getting leaked and making, you know, 70% less or something like that. So, yeah, they probably probably put a lot of attention into locking that one down. It just seems so funny that in a world where everything gets leaked, that there are complete <laughs> movies out there we just haven't seen yet. It just seems kind of, uh, you know, good on them to be able to figure out how to do that. Uh, yeah. And then there was an article. I don't have the actual notes on it. So forgive me if I'm a little off on this one where Scarlett Johansson was saying in an interview that uh, Black Widow will release when they feel everybody's 100 percent comfortable going to theaters. So it, it might be until early 2022, even before that movie makes its release. We'll have to see. Uh, but Disney's wanted to make sure that it has the attention of the entire audience. Which is pretty interesting. Uh, next up, uh, Images, The Strange Talent of Luther Strode is getting a film adaptation. This is one of Images' like staple comics, so uh, the ones that people are comparing them to, like as it, its importance to Image, uh, would be uh, Walking Dead and Saga. Both of those, of course, legendary. This is going to be done by the brand new studio called All Nighter. They uh, are using the comic creators Justin Jordan and Trad Moore uh, to actually make the show, which is always a really good sign. I love when a studio brings on the guys that made the show. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, it's like when they had uh, uh, George R. R. Martin on board. That helps a lot. Uh, Luther Strode is a story of a teen who uh, orders a comic book catalog. He instead receives a manual for an ancient cult called The Method. As Strode follows the manual, he becomes stronger, faster, and more violent. That's the key. Anyway, so I love the idea of bringing in comic books I haven't really read much or, or people aren't very familiar with and making uh, shows out of them. Uh, what do you think of this one? And do you have any other examples of good comic books that were like unknown made into series? Mm. So this sounds yeah, sounds interesting. I can't think off the top of my head of any good unknown comic book series that aren't already in this TV or movie yeah. format yet. But uh, I, I would love to see them make Saga. Of, of course, course. yeah, really good series. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it sounds sounds good. And like you're saying, like it's always great to see kind of unknown, but you know, what cult following yeah. uh, comic series be pulled out into the light and then put on the big screen because. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves it. My favorite one, I think I'd have to say is Umbrella Academy, right? The comic, oh, yeah. the comic book was relatively, you know, in the mainstream wise, unknown. And and then we have something that like, it might be my favorite comic book TV series that's out. Uh, once it comes out, I'm super stoked for it. So I'm thinking like maybe Lock and Key is another really good one. That's again, kind of a low known uh, comic book that, that was made into a good series. There's a few of them out there. And that's there. really nice to see when the, when the comic is, is good or okay, but they can somehow make a TV show or movie better than the yeah. comic book or, you know, really pull your attention more than the comic seem to pull other people's attention. That just means that the writers are really good at drawing from, you know, inspiration and a general outline from the comic book and creating something better out of it. That's awesome to see. That, that particularly goes to Umbrella Academy, right? <laughs> yeah. One that I, I almost forgot, it's actually like the biggest show comic book wise ever is The Boys. The comic book, The Boys, is very low-key, and yet, I mean, man, Homelander, and the portrayal of Homelander, and 
Um, just so good. I gave it a really bad rating when we only had the first three episodes, but I, the show definitely got way better as it went on. Um, so it's it's probably A minus B plus for me now. Uh, that's really good. Did you have a chance to watch The Boys All the Way Through yet? I haven't yet. I know. I need to find time to. I haven't had time to watch anything lately, yeah. but I need to find time to sit and start at least start the first couple episodes of it. Oh uh, yeah, your life right now, man. I don't know how you do it. It's too busy. You get your looking moving work and new baby on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stresses but yeah um the boys is really good that i do suggest that one and uh especially man it, yeah i won't get into the Stormfront. like her character gets so crazy that i'm just like oh wow i'm glad that they went nuts with her it's really fun uh all right we have another comic book character coming out into the front uh officer Is- isaac is gonna be playing moon knight moon knight is gonna be your guys's favorite comic book character you just don't know it yet uh oscar isaac's gonna be playing him for the disney plus series that they're working on uh, he recently did the Star Wars trilogy, and he did Dune. You remember Oscar Isaac in the Star Wars trilogy? He plays... Um, yeah, he's... Uh, what was it, right? Poe Dameron? What's his name? Poe Dameron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Po, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I know his face. I don't remember his character, but yeah. He's going to be uh, joining the writers for the Netflix's Umbrella Academy, which we were just talking about. His name is Jeremy Slater. Uh, Disney and Marvel have not selected a director yet, but they are looking at, at uh, someone who's familiar, uh, familiar with the Moon Knight gritty, dark world. Uh, Jonathan, are you familiar with Moon Knight at all? No, but just those couple words make me think Disney has their own Batman now. It, I'm so glad you used that because that's kind of the first thing people say. It's like, oh, it's Marvel's Batman. And, and yeah. it's crazy because, of course, Batman is the biggest superhero character. And so to think that the DC, DC has one that they don't know about, it's crazy. So people, check out Moon Knight. He's really cool. I'm going to give you a quick little thing on him. Uh, his name's Mark Spencer. Spectre, sorry, Spectre. Uh, he's a mercenary that was given a second chance at life. Uh, by an Egyptian moon god named Khonshu, K-H-O-N-S-H-U. I'm not sure if that's a real Egyptian god, but cool name. Uh, he is now the avatar of the moon god. Uh, he has superhuman abilities. The most important thing about him and what will make playing him just so hard, he has multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, what was it? James McAvoy when he did that, the yeah. glass movies and stuff uh, like that? Oh, split. wow. Yeah. Split, yeah, that's the first one. Oh, man. So to see this as a what, new character coming up is going to be really interesting. What kind of personalities? It's like the different like emotions of a god. Is that like, you know, uh, I don't remember. It's been so long. Since, I mean, I was a kid when I had a uh, moon Knight last in my hands. Yeah, it, it was something like that, though. It was like this one's like uh, more, you know, killer for uh, focused and uh, someone who's passive. I think it's something like that. I'll have to look into it, though. Mm-hmm. I think that we could actually add this probably to the audible books. I bet there's an audible version. We'll add it to our list and, and get through that yeah. because. Moon Knight is really, really a classic hero that uh, deserves more attention and is getting it. All right, let's move on to Netflix. Jonathan, how much... I'm going to ask you this before you get started. How much is the most you'd spend on Netflix before you'd cancel it? It, Based on the current content. Now, if they ramp up and got some more high quality, which they already have some pretty good stuff. Yeah. um, You know, of course, if they increase the quality, I could spend more. But I think the way it is now, probably $15.99 or... $16.99. $16.99. I would, I would never get up to 20 I think it'd stay under 20 bucks yeah. for sure. Uh, 20 is kind of like the threshold for me as well, where I'm like, it can't get there. Um, yeah. They used to have Family Guy and American Dad and stuff like that, which are really good kind of just background music shows. They don't have those anymore. I use Hulu for that. So I'm already spending more money for what I really want. Um, unfortunately, Netflix users, your prices are going up over in the US. Not in the world yet, but usually they raise the price in the US and then follow up with the world. The uh, standard two-screen plan is moving from $13 to $14, so it's just a dollar more. Premium, which is the one I have where you have like the four screens and it's the higher definition, it has HDR, 
It's moving from $16 to $18 a month. Getting real close to that $20 threshold. Um, the basic plan, which I didn't know they still had, it's the 480, so it's like only standard definition. Uh, $9 a month, that's staying there. So a Netflix spokesman, they were talking to uh, the local New York station saying, we understand people have more entertaining entertainment choices than ever before, and we're committed to delivering an even better experience for our members. We're updating our prices so that we can continue to offer more variety of TV shows and films in addition to our great fall lineup. So their argument is that they're they're using this to actually make more shows, bring more shows into the fold. I don't know, man. I'm just so tired of seeing that price go up, though. Yeah, and there needs to be, well, there doesn't need to be, but there should be some kind of commitment just from them even just saying, hey, this is this is what it's going to be locked in. This isn't going to go up. This This is reaching this point this yeah. check mark of what we're trying to do and then if we if you guys request that we've reached the next check mark of whatever then you know a measurable you know parameter then we can negotiate having to increase the prices again but this is what we're getting for that extra dollar uh, to me it's one dollar it's not that big of a deal but if it keeps moving up it's going to become yeah. you know, a problem for sure one thing i would like to see with them increasing the price is uh like a, a broader, a wider, larger capacity. Uh, we have a lot of good shows, but we see all the time that some okay or good shows get kicked off to make room for others. Well, we shouldn't have to have room. You guys, you know, have massive servers, right? In, invest a little more in infrastructure, bigger servers or whatever. Is what they get kicked off. That? They lose a license on them is why they get kicked off. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. So invest more in a licensing to be able to keep, like you're saying, Family Guy and American yeah, Dad. Totally agree. You know, just... I don't want to see Star Trek Voyager go off Netflix. If I don't have access to that, then y'all are gone. I'm going to boot you and spend that, you know, 13 bucks a month to be buying the collections of DVDs again for everything. John, it's amazing how much you're on top of this, man, because Star Trek actually came out because um, one of the streaming services is losing it. And it's because it's on a few different streaming services. It wasn't Netflix, though. And then it's on Hulu as well. And maybe it's Hulu that's losing it, too, because. Star Trek came out and said, like, this is why people always ask us, why do you guys still release DVDs? And it's because of this. You don't know when you're going to lose your access to it. So buy the DVDs. Yeah. That was actually Star Trek on their Twitter account. Uh, follow them on Twitter, guys. Really interesting Twitter account. Um, but yeah, you're nailing it right there. You own the physical copy. They can't take it from you. You know? Yeah. I, it would be nice if you can order. And maybe this is maybe this is possible. I don't, I don't know. I don't do too much with, like, downloading and stuff. But if online you could buy a digital copy of all your favorite mm-hmm. Star Trek shows. And have it saved, you put it on flash drive and, and plug it into your TV and things. Because now everything's moving away from DVDs. So you're going to eventually, we're leaning heavily on streaming services. But they have full control, like we're seeing here. If they want to pull something, they'll pull it and you don't have access to it anymore. Uh, so it'd be kind of nice to be have a, a portal, a, a service that you can work through. I'm sure there's tons of them already. Um, but maybe one consolidated one. To be able to buy the digital copies of your movies and then have them go wherever you go kind of thing yeah uh i just remembered i just got a reminder uh it was amazon prime what it was is they were saying uh, that although you guys buy our movies you don't technically own them you just gain access to them on our library and that's what star trek dot com was saying like no 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 no. that's why you guys gotta go buy them dvds because then you actually own them <laughs> and you don't have to worry about people pulling yeah. it from you uh yeah there's gotta be something and then for uh, back to the netflix thing i think they should be a thing where like as long as you don't cancel the price you sign up for is the price you pay every time because the idea that they're increasing it for people who who kind of forget about it or whatever, that's just not cool. Yeah. I don't know. And that seems seems fair. Like when you sign up for a phone plan, they can't increase your phone plan. When you go back in two years and you want a new phone, 
sure, you agree to new terms and get a new plan and it, the price changes. Sometimes you can negotiate it down if you don't need as much data or whatever the deal is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that seems fair that they should, once you sign up, you're locked in for that $13 a month indefinitely. And then if at some point there's a big enough change in their services that they need to increase the, the pay or the price, uh, you would have to just release a new package that, hey, yeah. you guys uh, don't have the premium package, but now only the premium package has access to Mandalorian. So if you want to continue, you need to upgrade to to the premium package or whatever the next step would be. Yeah, that that eighteen dollar premium package. I remember when I first joined, it was eleven dollars a month, and now it's eighteen dollars a month. I mean, who knows where it's going to stop, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good idea. I think that's the way to go if they're to kind of put that in place and makes people happy, make us happier. We're going to learn what the threshold is. There's going to be a point where they're going to reach a certain point where people are going to cancel Netflix enough for them to see like, okay, well, we hit the limit. Let's stop. Uh, yeah. And that's what the point is, is we are the consumers. They are doing this because we're not pushing back. You know, yeah. and they they probably do need a certain amount of the funding for their plans. But if we say, hey, your content is good enough, keep it where it is and stop trying to spend more money and cost us more money, then they would have to do that. They would dial back because they're a business yeah. and they're responding to their consumers to an extent. So if we say, hey, you know what, what you have is cool, but we're going to cancel and just stick with Hulu for a few months, they'll see that. And they'll be like, oh, crap, what's Hulu doing at six ninety nine that we're not? And, you know, try to retool to make people happy. But in order to do that, they might have to drop a lot of content, which we kind of don't want to do. So I think we're at a good point. I think that dollar raise isn't going to break it for me. But if we see that they continue to increase the price, then we're going to have to get into some serious decision making can right i i kind of think that one of the problems too is that they have so many originals when i think the reason i was liking netflix originally was because the idea was a dvd would release and then a month later it would come on to netflix so you'd have all those collections of like family guy and whatnot and now that we're past that part they're relying so heavily on the netflix originals and they they do great job with them they just don't release them fast enough we've talked about this in the past where netflix needs to release more garbage content like you just a regular sitcom just give me more sitcom stuff give me more easy to film stuff if you have to um they just need to need more of it like you're saying just a, a bigger library uh and stop kicking things off if they make the content they don't ever kick it off you know i don't know uh talking about new a new netflix original we have assassin's creed live action coming to netflix uh this is part of the ubisoft's new t- film and tv uh, department they're gonna be producing the series uh, we don't know what part of AC they'll be used uh, using, but presumably they're going to be sticking pretty close to the game because Ubisoft is producer uh, producing the program, the show. <laughs> um, I want this to be the Ezio storyline, Jonathan. I, you're not too familiar with the Assassin's Creed, is that correct? Yeah, I, I don't really. I've only only know what I've heard from you, which isn't a lot, too. Yeah. By the way, guys, the Tuesday that this episode releases is when we're going to actually have John's pull up. We've been kind of shoplift, uh, shoplifting. <laughs> We've been shopping around uh, different games. That, like which one Jonathan would actually like. We're going to release a poll. You guys are going to vote for what Jonathan plays and reviews. Um, it, hence, Assassin's Creed is on the list. So that's why I'm bringing it up now. But that's going to be coming out on Tuesday. Yeah, so I want it to be Ezio's storyline. It's uh, you know Renaissance era Italy. Uh, there's a lot of drama with the, the Borgias era of the Pope when it was a very corrupt Pope. And um and everything like that. And he has his brother and stuff like that. So it's this really good complex storyline and it's really great. Ezio is a really good character. And then we have he was so good that they didn't just come out with Assassin's Creed 3 right afterwards. They actually came out with Revelations and Brotherhood. So two more games within him, with him in there, uh, into his final death in the last game. Uh so it's really good. It's a really good storyline. Yeah, I, I I'm excited for this. It's historical, it's jumping around. What do you think, man? 
I'm excited. I like it when they make um, movies and TV shows off of video games. As long as they have the developers involved and put a ton of money in it, don't don't just cut corners because you think you could sell the name. Yeah, you know, invest into a quality uh, series, and I, I think the fans will flock to it. I, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, uh, the fans will move it to. They're also making a uh, anime series for Netflix or for uh, Assassin's Creed as well over at Netflix. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It's showing how much anime that they're embracing. They actually had the anime festival. And we had some uh, pretty cool reveals from that. We had our first trailer from Godzilla Singular Point, which we talked about previously. They're bringing in all these heavy hitters from the anime world, producers and stuff like that. So Princess Mononoke Studios doing the artwork for this thing. It's just crazy. Uh, we had that. We also had new images from the Resident Evil and Pacific Rim anime, which I just love the idea of a Pacific Rim anime. It's such a good show, a movie that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and then we have a new trailer for this, the Transformers War of Cybertron anime. Uh, pretty pretty cool, guys. If you guys like anime, I think Netflix is good. I, I know Crunchyroll is kind of the given, and right now Sony is looking at at buying Crunchyroll and adding it to their Funimation package. But I think Netflix is quickly becoming a new home for anime. Outside of all this, we've been talking a lot, a lot about Netflix, but Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and start breaking down what is coming to Netflix in November? Oh, man, we got a long list. So, <laughs> though there was, there was this huge list. Of course, you go on their website, it was at least 50 or 60 different shows nice. and movies coming to Netflix. But I just picked out some highlights, ones that I will probably like or, or will like and some of our yeah, suggestions. audience might. Yeah. Uh, so the first one I thought was kind of funny. I've never watched it and um, uh, several of my friends like grew up on it. Uh, Boys in the Hood. Have you seen that before? I watched it in school actually one time, yeah. Okay. So I just saw that and had to point out the name because I've never seen it, but I know it's popular. I didn't realize it came out in 91 though. Right. How old do you feel um, like? But Crazy. Casper from 95 is coming out, which Blast. just after Christmas is going to come out uh, a week ago would have been great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Forged in Fire. I heard a lot about that as a, uh, it's a reality show. Black Blacksmiths. Yeah. A yeah. TV show about blacksmiths making swords and stuff. Really cool. The movie Knocked Up. Little Monsters. Do you remember that from 89? Oh, yeah. Uh, with, with the monster under the bed. What's what's the main uh, actor's name? I mean, it has it has the guy from Wonder Years, right? It has a kid from Wonder Years, Freddy. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Red Savage is in that as the Red kid. Sav- and then the, okay. oh man, he's from Deal or No Deal. The guy that plays the actual monster himself. Oh, that's uh, going to bug us. I know the listeners are screaming. Howie Mandel? Howie Mandel, you nailed it. Yeah, uh, he's okay. the monster I didn't realize himself. it was him. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. So, uh, I can't wait to see that again. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see, we got Paul Blart Mall Cops coming back. Uh, Indian in the Cupboard was a good movie when we were Ooh, kids. That's a good one. Uh, the Next Karate Kid. Yes, man, with Jim Carrey is hilarious, uh, and we have let's see Survivor seasons twenty through twenty eight. So I know, especially you are a big Survivor fan. They're adding Survivors to Netflix now. Yeah. Oh seasons, shit! Just twenty through twenty eight, but that's that's there's good. a lot of seasons. Like, yeah, they can't fit them all in there. Okay, hold on. Then I got to give a plug, guys. Okay, so we have another podcast. Well, I have another podcast, right? Called Outlast Podcast. You guys, look that up. We we cover some of those seasons. Um, we just cover every episode that we come across and it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's actually with me and Jonathan are brothers. If you guys didn't know, uh, it's our mom and me, uh, talking about outlast podcast. It's really good. So check that out guys. We actually had Rick Devins on for a bit in a cameo. Uh, last season was a lot of fun, but yeah, sorry. Continue John. All right. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, so I also started listing in my notes, the Christmas movies, cause I wanted to kind of yeah. separate, you know, what's, what's coming out and what's coming out as Christmas movies. There were too many for me to do that with all our streaming services. There was uh, 14 alone just in Net- uh, Netflix, and it looked like a little more than that in uh, Hulu. 
So I, I didn't go through it all. You guys can check them out. There's no huge, you know, uh, story breaking Christmas movies coming out. They all look like Netflix originals or some of the, you know, uh, TNT specials and stuff like that. But yeah. definitely a lot of good content. I know, especially my wife, when she's decorating and she likes to light a, a Christmas tree scented candle and put on some cheesy Christmas movie and, and watch those. She's been doing it since June. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least now we have some fresh content. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> she's ever since the pandemic started pretty much, she's been ready for Christmas. She's baking the gingerbread cookies. Uh, right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, a lot of good Christmas stuff coming out, but uh, Hulu, they, I noticed there's a lot of baking and cooking shows coming out. So keep an eye out for that. If you like them, it- I personally, I, when I'm going to bed, I'll either put on Star Trek because I love the comforting sounds of Star Trek or like the British baking show. Oh, I love it's that just, British Bake Off. <laughs> it's a great background show to have on. Yeah. And it's, sometimes I get stuck watching it, but I think that's kind of part. part of the Christmas lineup, though, in a way, right? Because the people are kind of they're cooking more and stuff. Yeah. And they have a Christmas special, a Christmas series they do. It's all the uh, British oh, yeah. baking Christmas something or other. I think I remember that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we also got the movie Beer Fest, which is hilarious. Big Daddy, which I just watched again last week. Both good. Uh, the Born Collection. I still haven't watched them. I've always wanted to. Um, they're they look like a really good series. Heard a lot of good about them, so I need to spend the time now that they're going to be on Hulu. Uh, Expendables. I've never watched them. I actually wasn't that excited about them. I know Daniel was a big Expendables oh, fan. I believe. I think he's got the big tattoo on his back. Right. He's got these. He's a big Expendables man. Um, I they're think so. they're fun to watch they're very like okay i get it it's all like an 80s remake uh they're fun to watch yeah especially if you know you know the actors that are them so if you really right. appreciate those specific actors from their older movies then i could i could see that. that's what it's all about that's really Dolph Lundgren again fun get him back in there as long as you go into it knowing it's gonna be kind of fun and cheesy and cheesy. funny and not so much the same as the 80s movies that you love i mean it is one liner after one liner john i'm not gonna lie to you it's like i told you i'd be back <laughs> and stuff like that like it's real cheesy but yeah it's fun yeah. All right. You remember the movie The Little Giants? Oh shit! Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's but... coming to Hulu too. Oh, these wow. these streaming services, they know they got to pull back some of that nostalgia. They for got us, me, so. man. Little Giants. Oh man, you remember that one? Oh, I sorry, keep distracted. Rick Moranis was the dad on that, and remember how he was racing? Ted Bundy is the other dad, right? Those are the two dads. Oh yeah. And he's like, one of them's in a Corvette because he owns a used car dealership, and he was a cow- Dallas Cowboy IRL. And then the other one's got a go-kart and like racing through town to try to recruit that one kid that can carry a fridge. Yeah, I remember that. Man, that is a classic. I'm going to be watching that. <laughs> Football season this season's ruined because my team's doing so bad. So I'm going to watch that to replace it. That's a really good idea. All right. <laughs> so when you get done with that, you got to watch one of the best movies that, of our time, at least, is The Prestige is being brought to Hulu. So good, guys. Yeah. Someday we can just do a full... A full uh, review when are we gonna do that when are we gonna create a podcast show that's just about old movies reviewing them we need to figure Mm -hmm. that out we have level up for the video games we gotta figure that out hopefully when i move i can create a good studio space to record quietly all the time right now it's kind of like i have to tell everybody in the house hey be quiet or go out somewhere uh which is hard to do prestige is gonna be our first one i'm calling it now what do you think i like it whenever that happens it'll be prestigious first one that's also another movie that I don't want. I don't want to see remakes, but I'd love to see a sequel or a prequel or something more of that world, that time frame. Because that was actually what were we just talking about? Someone's making Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yeah, that would be an awesome movie to be pulled into that yeah. world that the uh, Robert Downey Jr. is making. I would like to see it as an actual series. I think it would be a really cool series to see stretched out. 
longer. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right, so we also got uh, Slumdog Millionaire. I know it won a ton of awards. It's pretty pretty cool. Universal Soldier was another one from our childhood. It was a pretty cool movie. Yeah. Uh, the Waterboy. There's a new movie coming out called Tesla. Uh, mm. Made in uh, the Netflix original? No, Hulu original. I think. Um, made this year, 2020. And so I'm interested. I'm assuming it's a documentary about Tesla. I didn't read about it. Yeah, hopefully it's about uh, Tesla and not like Elon Musk cars or something like that. Oh, no, I assume... Uh, that's true. I assumed it was about the company Tesla, not oh, I Nikolai it was about Tesla. The inventor, inventor Tesla. So we we're both on different pages on this. Yeah, that's right. I'll be interested in either one though. Yeah, that's Nikolai I'll Tesla is awesome too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blade One and Two are coming to Hulu, which are yeah. great movies. Uh, also, Demolition Man. If you don't get enough Wesley Snipes. Oh God. <laughs> and, these guys, are, uh, these Fallen, guys know us. Which I remember we talked about that movie a while back too. Yeah. Fallen is a pretty cool, kind of eerie, kind of scary. Some cl- some nineties uh, classics, man. Yeah, they're bringing a lot out. I, I love it. We're all stuck at home, having to, you know, pretty much just binge TV. So yeah, uh, it's good to bring back some of the best. Um, so for Disney Plus, there wasn't a lot. I don't. Maybe I was on the wrong part of their website or something like that. But everything I was seeing was just, uh, like young kid TV shows, like Paw Patrol and stuff like that. Yeah, which is great. That's what Disney's known for, and they're there for the for primarily children. But um, I was looking for more, you know growing up content but of course mandalorian season two is out and you've already yeah. watched them that right how's it going so far i mean it's you know straight up perfect right and and it's going to be releasing a new episode every week so you guys will get a new bit yeah. every week they're making sure to keep this around um it is fantastic it's really really good i need to get caught up on that too yeah you do i want to rewatch. i think the end of season one to remind myself you know where it was at and then get into season two one thing that's funny is i was paying because after season one and witcher i started paying attention to that stagecraft we mentioned a few times on the show um mm-hmm. i paid attention to it a lot this time and you cannot tell when they're using it you could tell like this would be the scene where they would use stagecraft but you cannot tell they're using stagecraft the fact that it's all lcd screens behind them like you Man. can't tell it's just so outstanding they really so just what's the difference so using that and green screen why is that better so you could parallax the camera so say like you have that camera so green screen is just directly behind them it can wrap around but it's not as easy uh the reflections on his armor he has all chrome armor so it would be green and then digitally they'd have to go through and replace replace the green on him they showed like right now if you guys watching the stream you see like the purple lights on me from the purple lighting in the room that they have to go through and replace that with like what would be in the actual environment this they don't have to because it's actually being projected from the environment and then when they move the camera the the lcd screen behind actually moves as if it would be normal background. So it actually is changing as the camera moves around. It links to the camera. It's using the Epic mm. game engine that's used to make a lot of video games to do that. It's just so neat. So I'm hearing we're in like stage one of creating our own holodeck, right? Yes, we are. Stage one. Boom. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Stage that plus a well, a VR headset kind of does it all in one, but I don't want to go VR. I want to go full holiday. Same. Interactive materials around you and stuff. It'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, all right so the only other thing staying within the uh star wars theme too the only other thing i saw of, of major interest releasing in disney plus for november was a lego star wars holiday special yeah which looks kind of cute Squeaks is excited for that he's gonna do a review for us yeah yeah <laughs> then uh hbo max we have uh too fast too furious which i think was one of one of if not the best to me of the fast and furious series uh, I, I agree Billy with you, Madison but I think, and Happy Gilmore coming out. I think a lot of people oh, so would actually fight over that too fast. Too furious. I agree with you. I like that one a lot. 
But we were just having yeah. a discussion on Discord. You guys can join us over on Discord and chat with us whenever you like about that. And like nobody agreed with me that that movie was good. And everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that's the one I skipped." I'm like, "What? Why would you skip that one? That was the that's the drifting one." Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I even watched the one where they're jumping the car from building to building because that just seemed like unnecessary chaos. Yeah. That's a the, new, the newest ones. Uh, let's see. So yeah, we have <clears throat> Billy Madison, and Happy Gilmore, which are hilarious classics. classics. Coming to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, blast from the Past. Do you remember Ooh, that movie? That is a Blast from the Past. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Where they live in the uh, bunker. Yeah. And the guy comes up and he's just seeing the world for the first time and stuff like that. <laughs> There's that one homeless dude that finds them or finds them or whatever and he thinks they're God and he creates a cult. <laughs> Starts worshiping them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, that's, a, that's just a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. It's going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. It was, I didn't realize it came out in 99. That was, that was a while ago. Uh, the Dark Knight, the H, the sorry, the HBO, the uh, Hobbit collection is coming to HBO nice. Max. So if you haven't seen the Hobbit, all three of them are coming. First two are really good. Second one, the third one's like, Meh. yeah. Meh. Um, the Iron Giant is another, another classic, voiced by Vin Diesel. Yep. <laughs> AKA Groot. Yeah. Uh, so this is one I hadn't seen. Is it National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One? I've never seen. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon movies, but I'm going to probably check this one out. Um, I like all the other National Lampoon's movies that I've seen. Uh, So, something to add to my list. If you haven't seen it, maybe check it out too. Let me know if you like it. Uh, The NeverEnding Story is coming to HBO. So good. Uh, Yeah. There's just a lot of good movies. I'm glad they're bringing back a lot of these older movies. Yeah, definitely reaching into Um, our childhood for a lot of these. Yeah. Right. And we talked earlier about Pleasantville with Tobey Maguire. And was it you said Reese with us? Reese with his sister, yeah, is his sister. Yeah, that was really that well was done. Just, yeah, what was in there? It has the guy from Fast and Furious in there too? The one that recently died. He's actually the jock boyfriend, if I remember correctly. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but that's a good movie, and uh, it ages well. Actually, it is hard mm-hmm. to find a movie that ages well nowadays. That one ages quite well. I would I would check that out if you guys haven't seen that yet. Pleasantville. Yeah, yeah. came out ninety eight. God. Um. So we got the movie Space Cowboys, Wild Wild West, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, um, and Bridesmaids. I had to add that to the list. Oh, that's that's just a hilarious that's, movie. Man, those, are, those are good. Space <laughs> Cowboys is my favorite Clint Eastwood movie, guys. Check that out. Yeah. That's a fun one. That's a heck of a yeah, list. Yeah. Who, who else was in it? It's Clint Eastwood. Tommy and, Lee uh, Jones, Sutherland, and... Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. It's Kiefer's dad, Donald Sutherland. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. And then, uh, God, yeah. what's the other one? There's one more. I can't remember his name. Yeah. This is four Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of old, four old guys going to space and coming back. And yeah. it's just kind of funny about, I don't know, old people in space. <laughs> they do a good job about uh, it. Yeah, they do. It, it's whimsical. It's nice. Yeah. I like it. Also, uh, so The Bridesmaids is the unrated version, if you haven't seen Ooh, that. Sp- I, I haven't seen that version. Any- I wonder how much raunchier it is or whatever, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't know how much different it is, but it's a classic. It's uh gonna be on HBO Max. You check it out. Yeah. So that's all I know there's other streaming services I haven't gone through. Uh they have such long lists, so it takes a while to uh actually go through them all. But uh but yeah, that's what we got for, for this month at least. So on November first, guys, uh check that out. We're gonna have a um an article coming out that'll have these on there, so you guys can check those out on the article too. Uh, to see if you guys need something to, to check out. That'll be on geekfreakspodcast.com. And then pretty soon we're going to be teaming up with another company. You guys will see soon where it'll be more places to find our articles. It'll be really fun. Uh, speaking of articles, we are sponsored. This episode is sponsored by Green Man Gaming. 
Uh, they sell video games. They sell the keys to video games for Steam and Origin and whatnot. Uh, so if you guys have a particular game, uh, you guys could always hit us up. We'll give you the link to help out with affiliate. But generally, every week we release uh, deals of the week on Green Man Gaming, where our our favorite deals, we'll pick our favorite ones and put them in a list and how much you save uh, playing them. Some stellar deals. Ghost Runner, which is a really cool game that's out right now. By the way, I've been checking that out. You guys should check out Ghost Runner. It's really cool. Um, normally $30. It's $18 on Green Man Gaming. Crazy good deal. Uh, yeah. So, and then again, that supports the podcast too. So that's Green Man Gaming. We'll release an article about them every week uh, with some of the best deals. But yeah. That was a good list there, John. A lot, of, lot to watch. I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. for that. That'd be pretty cool. I'm going to be busy. Dude, right? Oh, man. It's, uh, it's coming up so fast with Christmas and stuff like that too, so. Um, that's another thing too, guys. Hey, you have anything you guys want us to do, like a top five of Christmas, whatever we could use them ideas. So hit us up uh, and we'll be doing some special episodes for that. Uh, we have a charity stream coming up on the 23rd. There's a lot of geek freaks coming your way. Um, this upcoming yeah. weekend, we're recording our next level up. It's going to be about Reddit redemption Two with uh monumentous Kyle, the streamer monumentous Kyle. So that will be really fun. Um, and then Jonathan, I think our next level up, what do you, you want to do that one? Let's see. Start thinking of a game you want to uh, talk about. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do another one soon. We did that one on portals that that flopped, so we'll have to <laughs> we could redo that at some yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, but we could do a level up on whatever game people choose. You know, the voters uh, vote for me to play as well. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, Jonathan, I tell you what, man, you're you're thinking. Yeah. So remember, guys, uh, the same day this podcast releases on a Tuesday, uh, the poll will come up, and we'll see what John's going to be playing and reviewing for us. That's a good idea, John. We'll make that the level up. Uh, All right, guys, that is it for this week. Thank you guys for hanging out. We really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.